Hello and welcome to the Undercut Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Timo Abistadi, and I'm joined to review all the action from Spain is, of course, Mr. Jesse Billington. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm a little bit sunburned, but I'm now officially an award-winning rally driver. If you listened to the previous episode of this, you'll know exactly why I spent my Saturday in a very hot 1979 Fiat 124 Sports Spider rallying my way across Oxfordshire, and it was fantastic. But there'll be more of that on all my different social feeds and listen to the other podcasts for the full details. But good bit of fun, and uh, means I'm officially a racing driver. I've got to use my racing licence, which is great. Only question remains is when you're getting into F3, or are you a bit too old and tall for that? I'm tall, possibly, but I don't know if Roberto Mary can pop up in F2. Certainly, someone as old as I am with no previous racing experience can make his way into F3 with enough sponsors. There is hope yet, although I, I don't know how successful career this is going to be, but it might be something to rival some of our favorite short lived F1 drivers. Yeah, Taki Inu comes to mind. Yeah, Taki Inoue is always going to be a favourite on that front. There's always going to be like the, the flash in the pan F1 drivers. I reckon I could I could do it. If not, I'll do the Boss GP route, just go and do that and pretend I did F1, I guess. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Formula 2 and Formula 3, and we'll just do a very brief what the hell has happened because there's not really much news, but we just kind of tackle qualifying here normally. Yeah. And this weekend we saw Oli Behrman on pole in Formula 2 and Pepe Marti on pole in Formula 3. Both people who've been on positive before and both having solidly decent seasons so far. So not too surprising overall that these two ended up on top. The Oli Behrman pole was a pretty good one, actually. A really nice, solid drive. And Pepe Martis was a pretty good delta to all the other drivers around him. But the Behrman one, I remember watching the details for that one back and thinking, ooh, little fella's not done too badly there. That's a good little drive. He's He's got a good season forming off as Behrman. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops, especially if he keeps pulling out these quality drives, which set him up really nicely for the Sunday. There is quite a fun dynamic as well there, him being a rookie this year and him going against Frederick Vesti as his teammate, who's doing very well in leading the championship at the moment and not doing too shabbily himself. So it's always fun to see that dynamic, and especially when in F2, an experienced driver can be two seasons and a rookie is obviously only in their first season. There's not as much of a gap as mm. there would be in Formula One, perhaps. So it's always fun to see that. The sprint race, however, did kind of, let's say, put the men amongst the boys a little bit as well in some respects because we had a wet race, which was unusual for Barcelona, but it was relatively entertaining as a result of that and did show the difference between experience and a rookie because you had Frederick Vesti finish the race in P1 and just did an absolute masterclass. If you watch the highlights or you watch the whole thing, you will just see the glimpses, at least in the highlights, of just... He just seems to completely change driver this season comparison to last year. It's obviously, he tried something by moving to a different team when he got into F2 from F3, but he was, he's clearly a home at Bremer. Mercedes are obviously confident in him. I don't know where they're going to put him, if they put him anywhere next year, but it's he seems much calmer, much more focused, and he's giving Porcher a good run for his money. Porcher did finish in P2 with Victor Martins in P3, and it's a very interesting kind of balance there because you've got Porcher, who's obviously a very successful driver in, in himself and is, very, and is still just about hot property. Martins is last year's Formula 3 champion coming there. But you've got Vesti, who's kind of the outlier there, beating both of them and doing a convincing job of it. And it's quite, quite deliciously F2. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, Porcher was last year's sort of runner-up for the championship. He's a guy that's been fighting for that top step for a long time. Vesti, still very much a fresh face in Formula 2. And then Martin's a very fresh face in Formula 2, proving that, yeah, while the experience of Porcher and Vesti was valuable when the rain came down, he was still able to capitalise on it. And there is a brilliant racing head on Victor Martins. But what, like we said with Vesti, he sort of revitalised himself with this move back to Prima. And it's it's paid dividends, really. That drive was superb. And when you say, obviously, Mercedes have got confidence in him and where are they going to put him should he do well? Would you be surprised if Logan Sargent is, like I would be, a flash in the pan in Formula 1 and uh, potentially we see Vesti at Williams? I wouldn't be too surprised, but I would be a little disappointed for Sergeant just because, yeah, it's just the cutthroat nature of Formula One and it's tricky to establish yourself in a team when the team is not at its best. And arguably, there was all the talk anyway around them promoting Sergeant too soon. He's obviously a Williams Academy driver. And he literally did one year in F2, wasn't it? Literally, saw yeah, he could have benefited didn't from even win F2 no, close to it either. He was a and just got what he needed super license yeah. points wise to get in there. And he's not doing too badly in the grand scheme of things, but I think it's he could be one of those unfortunate casualties of Formula One and gets booted before he's been given a chance to shine properly. Um, but who knows, maybe that could lead to a very interesting IndyCar career. And if he stays best. He could always do the Liam Lawson route, perhaps, and go off into Super Formula and do something there instead, just to keep him him sharp. And then potentially, if if Sergeant doesn't improve in twenty twenty four, gets him on the grid for twenty twenty five, and he's still relatively fresh and young in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, by twenty twenty five, depends on what Lewis Hamilton draws up in this contract he's working on. There could be a seat at the main uh, Mercedes team if Vesti plays his cards right and proves good enough in Formula 2 and whatever he does in the meantime. If he goes off and does some sort of reserve driving, if he does some sim work, does some development work, proves his worth at the Brackley unit. And it's not a bad guys... idea either way to get in with a team in 2025 just to yeah. simply get the lay of the land before the new regulations kick in so that you are as comfortable as you can be before you have the big change and maybe that would work wonders. Who knows? Yeah, and One being... person... As comfortable with the tech and the development and the huge step up that Formula One has over F2, we were talking about it on the sort of main podcast, was the fact that it is such a big leap tech-wise and demand-wise mid-race, essentially, for controls and chassis control and brake control to move up from F2 to F1 if Vesti gets a chance to sort of learn that step behind the scenes at Mercedes should the big seat come available and he's ready to be put into it if Mick Schumacher is not in the way there's no reason that he couldn't be that guy it'd be very interesting to see and I'm already just going through a million different combinations of what the driver line could be but we'll be here all day if we do that one person who is unlikely to be in any of those positions though is a more equal deal who threw away reverse pole and fell out of the points in his best chance to get his first points on the board all season, it couldn't really have been given a better opportunity to him. And I, I didn't realize he was on reverse pole to begin with. I saw a poll again, our friends over inside F2 who'd put up a poll of who do you think is going to win this race? And Cordial was generally one of the options. And I had to reply in the box underneath saying, Cordial, really? <laughs> Laughing yeah. emoji, are you serious? And sure enough, it's kind of guaranteed that that was not going to happen it's like Roy Nassani doing well in a, in a race it's you kind of something's got to go seriously wrong for that to be the result there and 
it was a shame because he was doing all right for a bit, but then it all just kind of fell away. And aside from Abu Dhabi last year, we saw a genuinely decent performance from him. It, that seems to be the high point of his career so far, and he's another one of these drivers. We're not entirely sure how he got here. Yeah, not entirely certain how he got here or where he's going afterwards as well. It's going to be the big question. I can't remember what we said of him when we sort of went absolutely sort of ham fist on the F2 grid last year with Jacob. We sort of sat down and said, you're going here, you're going here, and you're not going anywhere at all. I don't feel we were... You're over... trying a different line of work. Yeah, I don't you're feel just we going were... away from motorsport. Yeah. Driving is not your strong point. Have you considered bricklaying? Um, we, I think, we, I don't recall us being too positive about Cordiel. And yeah, he was halfway up the field, obviously, to be able to get that reverse pole, but not really able to convert it into anything. Again, still a best is, position of eighth. Yeah, in, it is uh, the big level up with a driver who is experienced at this point. Yeah, should be able to if we're looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, someone with a good few years in F2 under their belt, and equally, Rain is the great leveler. And if it levels you out of the field, I'm afraid it's 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 done what it says on the tin, and rather sort of rained on your parade, as it were, to use that pun. Speaking of parades, talking of feature yeah, race, yeah, I was going to say talking of doing exactly what it says on the tin. We didn't have that much of an exciting feature race either. Them in P1 converted pole to a win. Fittipaldi in P2 rather nicely, and Victor Martins again P3, very nicely done for him. And the only real source of entertainment throughout that, whilst it was decent, you've got a bit of overtaking and you've got some stuff, it was kind of still tame at F2. So uh, personally, when I was watching it, I wasn't as excited by it because it's kind of this was the bare minimum expected from it. You were there for the normal craziness that we get with it. And at least one driver did get that memo, if for the wrong reasons entirely, which you have not watched this live. You didn't get the full extent of the humour from it, but oh trust me, it was it was golden top tier kind of Harry Hill caught on camera kind of stuff. You've been framed. Brad Benavides providing the entertainment. He got a black and white flag initially for track limits. Fine. Happened to a good few drivers on both Formula 2 and Formula 3 of the weekend. Fine. Nearly happened to Verstappen in the race in Formula 1 yeah, as well. Yeah, so completely understandable. Um, however, he then got a five-second penalty. He then got a ten-second penalty. A drive-through penalty. And then he got another penalty for serving that penalty incorrectly. And it just... Bear in mind, this is a feature which was, I think, 37 laps. That's a lot of track limit violations and going through the pit lane and then having to do that again because you weren't able to do it properly the first time and it just went from bad to worse and it just what a mistake to make her because I'm assuming he would have been doing it at the same place each lap he wouldn't have been doing track limits like pretty much all of it in one lap getting another penalty so it would have been pretty much every yeah even if you, say you get it... i think three or four you get three strikes before you get the black and white flag and then you do it a fourth time to get the black and white flag then a fifth time to get the five second then a sixth time then a... you did at least seven times yeah and then couldn't drive in a straight line through the pit lane correctly somehow or something along the lines of this to some i don't know how you serve that a drive through how do you a drive so not a stop and go just a drive no just a drive through so I'm not served on the wrong lap or something? Do you have to serve it within a certain time period of it being thrown at you, I guess? That's usually how it is. Yeah, but to be fair, at that point of the game, there's not much of the race left, so it would have still been in that range. So I don't know quite how he managed to achieve that. Uh, but impressive nonetheless, if for all the wrong reasons, and gave us at least a little bit of entertainment later on on the Sunday morning. 
Formula 3, on the other hand, we gave it quite a bit of flack last week because of it being rather, I hesitate to use the word dull, but it was a bit, considering it was Monaco and Formula 3 and we were really looking forward to the madness that that was going to bring. And I think, yeah, Spain, we, we expected yeah. Formula 3 and Monaco, we expected to be like a sort of lobby race in Formula 1 online. We expected mm. everyone barreling into Sandovot and cars bouncing all over each other to create some sort of Blues Brothers style pile of police cars in the corner. And Formula 3 was actually quite mature. I don't want to say, again, yeah, dull is too harsh a phrase, but mature feels like the approach. Uncharacteristically tame. Yes, very much with it, as opposed mm. to compass mentus F3, as opposed to its usual performance. This There's weekend, not an awful lot to say from the sprint race either. I've literally no. got two notes in that it was another quite tame race and that you got Oliver... Oh, Oliver? I'm not reading you my Oliver Zach Zach O'Sullivan. Zach O'Sullivan in P1, Luke Browning in P2. Very impressive from him, it must be said, considering that he only just got the call-up before Formula 3 even knew about it. We knew about it. That's how late in the day it was. Mm, and was up Formula 1 in P3. Wasn't he? Yeah, he'd... Yeah, it just literally it's a very big step up for him. So for him to get on podium in what is round four, I want to say, of the Formula Three Championship. Um Bahrain, Australia, Bahrain, Australia, Monaco, so, and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not too shabby at all. So I do have to doff my imaginary cap to him slightly. And it's not race, like he on. just drove to that podium either. He was battling O'Sullivan no. for quite a long way in this. So Again, to be able to not sort of fall astray of anything major or sort of have a collision and go off track or make any mistakes while battling another driver in the fourth round of a big step up in your driving career, that's quite good going, really. It's not too bad. And it's kind of nice that we've got that slight mix of a podium as well. Second sort of we kind of expect a bit more because it's a second year in Formula 3. And again, good to see that rookie coming through a bit i suppose and it's it's say it's, it's it's kind of one of those things where the race itself was not excellent but the result was still interesting enough and showed you that if we'd had a bit more action with it then it would have been really something mm, very much the feature, the feature race, race though was a slightly different was a better race it was a better race but still not up to the usual f3 standard and similar to ollie Behrman in formula 2 it was pole to victory essentially for pepe marty but nice win for him on home soil with Campos Racing. So can't be too mad at it. And he was very happy with everything. So that was good. Colapinto in P2, another Williams driver um, up on the podium for that weekend. So that was good. And then Dino Boganovic in P3. Again, good to see him there. Lots of penalties, though, given out for track limits, but none to quite the uh, seriousness that Brad Benavides had. Um, but it was still interesting to see quite how many of these F3 drivers were making these mistakes. But it's, I suppose that's the one thing I will say in Benavides' defence is that he got promoted from quite a lowly position in Formula 3 up into Formula 2. So he's still a rookie in a lot of ways in Formula 3. He's only had a full season there, so it would have been interesting to see. Whereas these F3 drivers, you give them more leniency on a new track, even though they've been here for testing, that they're not going to get everything perfect because they're new. So there is, there is that element of it, but again, it was... Um, it's the third of three notes for, for for the future race, which just shows that there really wasn't enough going on there to, to keep it interesting. Which when you've got 30 cars on track, it is a shame. There were some some retirements, some interesting um, retirements as well, so a couple of collisions, but again, nothing where you're thinking, oh, wow, that's really spicing up. It was just kind of like, oh, you Wally, what have you done that for? And it was, again, I know you're F3, I know you're learning, but 
you, you, the cream of the crop just isn't quite there yet this year. It seems we've got some good drivers up the front, and everyone else, for the most part, seems to be just there. Yeah, at the risk of making some sort of strange innuendo, the cream of the crop isn't creaming at the moment, and it's yeah. It's I an, think you leave that one there. It's an unsettling. It's a sort of unusual mix where it's the good drivers imagery. unsettling imagery certainly, but the good drivers are coming to the surface slowly, but not. We're not seeing that sort of sparkle that we often see from F3 when it provides this really interesting action. So there's plenty of scope for it to do something in the races to come. And we've got potential for it. It's not like there are these dull tracks for Formula 3 generally, because even if you do have a dull track, Formula 3 goes there and it's great. We're going to have it in Austria. We're going to have it in Silverstone. I think Spa and Hungary as well. So, you know, it's there's a lot of potential there. So hopefully... And it's going to be hard in Hungary to top last year's Formula 3 race, but you can see the potential that you have from it. So yeah, there is, it's not all as lost yet. The scope for those mad moments is very much there and likely to kick in. We'll look at the drivers that stood out though from Formula 2. Timo, your, your sort of, your pick of the weekend. I've had to go route one here because Vesti for his masterclass in the spring race and then P5 in the future race with some great overtakes. He was like a driver reborn with Prima, as I was saying earlier, which just very much bang does what he says in the tin, and it's just nice to see what Mercedes have been seeing in him, because we were a little unsure about him for a while, in terms of interesting that you've chosen this driver, because they they keep their driver academy pretty small in the F2 and F3 in comparison to other feeders and other driver academies, so there must be something there that we're missing, and I think we're finally starting to see what that is. Who did you go for? I've gone for Baby Shark. I've gone for Little Fittipaldi. I think it was a it was another strong weekend from him. We're really seeing a driver that's working his way towards his first win. It's definitely coming because I don't think he's got one yet off the top of my head. He's sort of got a few podiums. His driving has been really getting a lot better through this season. And I think it picked up at the tail end of last season. He picked up where he left off. Australia could have been a better weekend, sort of race weekend for him. But since then, it's sort of been an up and up for him. And He's really getting there, and I think occasionally the teams let him down, occasionally the cars let him down, but he's never let himself down, and this was another weekend where he's proved himself to be a very competent element to a race team and something that's uh, a good reason as to why Red Bull sort of weirdly all of a sudden pulled him into their driver pool as well. He sort mm. of out of nowhere, Red Bull went, oh yeah, by the way, he's one of ours, and he sort of went, we don't know what going but have you got like 80,000 of them already? What more do you want this one for? But there's obviously a good reason why they sort of spotted something in there to to keep an eye on. So, yeah, to Enzo Fittipaldi. You've copied me for Formula 3 in terms of a Route 1 approach. Yeah, Pepe Marti's stronger effort across the weekend. I think in a racing series where chaos reigns supreme, if you're able to stand above it all and look truly dominant, that's something quite impressive. And I think Pepe Marti is getting into this sort of rhythm and this sort of pace where he's just able to do that. He looked pretty good in Monaco last weekend and then just stepping forward, doing it again on home soil, the added pressure of that home crowd cheering you on, which we actually saw. It was really nice to see a lot of the Spanish crowd getting behind home heroes in the junior category. I said that the stands were pretty packed for F2 and F3, more so than we've seen at a lot of other uh, circuits are all around the globe so it was it was refreshing and I wonder if that was partly down to the fact that this is an actual track track so it's just easy for people to go to or yeah. if it's just because they love the good racing and they finally realise that it's not just F1 that you go for you go for feeder series yeah and they sort of they knew there was there sort of some Spaniards racing in these lower tiers and thought 
we'll give him a cheer. Go on, why not? And then went, oh, he's doing all right. Go on, Pepe. And it was <laughs> it was really nice to see that support for F3 from a broader audience, but equally the fact that this possibly even positively tied into his Pepe's performance as well. So, yeah, Giuseppe Marti, top job. I've gone for Paul Aron instead of him preparing a driver. P5 in both races. You didn't see him much. You saw him a little bit in the future race, but uh, he clearly got on with the track well enough and brought him a solid amount of points, which for, again, a rookie season, this is what you want to be doing. You want to be there, lurking in the background, getting points, learning, getting a lot of experience, and I think he's doing exactly what he needs to be. Exactly what needs to be. And I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head where he is in the driver standings, but I don't see this as being a rookie victory for him in his in his first season. I think this is very much very solid groundwork for next season. And if he can keep doing this kind of thing, just kind of quietly being there, like I say, in the background, then that's all you need to do. And Frame will be very happy with you. And it will be a case of Prima will be very happy with you. Prima are pretty good at nurturing their talent, building it up, and that talent often gets recognised by the big teams. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like a McLaren, if we see something like an Alpine. Just take a little bit of an interest, maybe even something like Haas, just sort of go, yo, you want a FP1 session? Just because there's this really well-nurtured talent, and if he eventually steps up to F2, and again has a really nice steady progress that shows that he's just a competent pair of hands, that's where these chances for sort of FP1 drives getting to know F1 teams is probably going to start coming in for him and all the more to him for it. I think it's definitely worthwhile the time and worthwhile the effort. There's a good driver there and Pramer is the right place to be for him. Now it also wouldn't be a feeder series review episode if we didn't do another edition of Flush Watch and she had a decent weekend overall to be fair. Qualified P27 so okay not a great start to it but Sprint race, finished in P21. Good, solid overtaking there. Obviously, a couple of retirements here and there because it's Formula 3, and that, regardless of how tame the race might be, you're still going to get that. But it was pretty good. The feature race finished P20 and was almost P19. I'll get to that in a second. She had some excellent overtakes in that feature race. And so while on the final results page, you will see that there were a decent amount of DNF behind her, she'd already overtaken those people on track for the most part. And did some quite tidy moves. I think turn one and turn two in particular, where she managed to sneak her way by. So that was very encouraging to see. And also, I I know it's nothing to do with the racing, really. But did you see her helmet for this weekend? I didn't see her helmet for this weekend. Was it a good one? I'm not 100% convinced if she actually voiced this character or not. But she had a Transformers character on her helmet. And she was at the premiere for The premiere for it, yes. And it seemed to be that she's had a very small cameo possibly for the German dubbed version of the film which is also pretty just fun and it was just very, the face was pretty much on there so you had the eyes would be exactly where her eyes would be so when the visor goes up then it's, oh, yeah. it's her eyes on the Transformers face and I just thought it was really it's nice, I don't I don't often care too much about helmet design but I, I know a good one when I see one F1 often has some good helmet designs but this is a cool one coming into F3 actually I like that, that's pretty cool uh, but yeah, she did have a good weekend. Usually, I'm, I don't want to sound pretty down about the Sophia, Sophia Flush watch, but this weekend, she genuinely had the measure against her teammates as well, which is often where I usually sort of ground this against and look at... Mm. Usually, it's been um, Peter Wisnicki that she's been up against. has been sort of her closest yeah. teammate, the third one whose name I can't remember. Roberto Ferrier, I think. Yes, not usually that close. And the previous two weeks, it's been sort of pretty nip and tuck between Flush and Wisnicki. But this weekend, she seemed to be pretty much on top the entire way around 
and by a decent margin. So again, it shows that against the equal machinery, she's able to pull out some performances. I don't know how much more experience she's got around Barcelona, but I don't think it's a huge amount more than any other the drivers would have had. Because no, of I think it's still a good thing of even if you've been there a little bit, most drivers have for testing anyway, so you still can put in a yeah, lot of laps there. Everyone's everyone knows Barcelona, so it's not not really like she's got the upper hand there. So really solid drive from her this weekend, actually genuinely impressed. So. Work. And like I said, she could have been in P19 if there was a driver, I can't remember who it was now, but they got a 10-second penalty towards the end. It was added on. And, oh, she was just ever so slightly out of range of that because they got pushed him down to P19. I was like, oh, you couldn't have just gone one extra, could you? Just I know it's not really much in terms of what she did there, but it just looks nice. But yeah, Bastards didn't do it, so I couldn't have that, unfortunately. Oh, well. And I think it's also worth mentioning while we're here, as we've done once before, that Jimmy Chadwick over in Indy Next had a good first race in Detroit on Saturday, finishing in P11 and ran in the top 10 for a lot of the race. It was a really solid step forward for her. And the only reason I have to say first race is because, unfortunately, she got involved in some contact in race two and then finished down in P16 and a few laps down. But there was some very tight and close racing throughout the entire pack there. So she really had to put it all on the line at times and actively avoid some of the incidents because it's just there's not really any room to uh, to get away from any but if you saw any of the indycar as well i need to try and catch up on some of it but from Um, what i've seen it was it was a lot of drivers saying the track was not built for our cars and that was drivers with even the big indy mm -hmm. the big sort of full-scale indy cars even the indy nxt guys were saying now this isn't a good track that and if you make it contact, there is nowhere to escape i imagine it's great for crashes and accidents and everything going crash bang wallop but like if you're jamie chadwick trying to haul out a good position it's it's not going to be the one for you and i, I think the all, all circumstances are against her watching here. it is go i won't spoil what happens but there is a last minute twist in the indy next uh first race which is just equally amusing but in a heartbreaking way of oh come on no um, moment there, which if you've if you're listening to this and you watched it, you know exactly what I mean. But it's it shows that I don't know. I, we already covered Formula Two and Formula Three. I think we wish if we had more time in our weekend, we'd probably put Indy next in there as well because it's turning out to be quite a nice little thing to watch the highlights of and keep enough keep attention on. So I'm glad Jamie's in there and drawing our attention to it. Yeah, don't don't start wishing to add more feeder series. To this. We'll have to start watching. Was it Honda Super Formula over in Japan now as well? We've not got not got the scope for all that. I, I got need the a time, time turner. Yeah, just have a looper just to try and get everything fitted in. Um, so the top, but the bottom three. line is Jamie Chadwick and Sophia Bush solid step forwards this weekend, and we love to see it. Solid steps forward from both of them. Have we got Iron Links over at Le Mans uh, next weekend? While we're talking about William Motors, Sophia's going, but she's not competing. Ah. Okay, just because usually we see the Iron Links team or Iron Dames over there running in something, but uh, yeah, I think not... they'll be there. And I feel like there's one other person off the top of my head. Look, let's do a quick check. Le Mans 2023 entry list. Let's see who we've got. Lulu Wado made history by becoming first ever in the WEC at Spa, looking to build on that progress in the AF Corsa Ferrari as well. So she'll be. Or something around. So yeah, we've got some women to keep an eye on there. Certainly a race weekend to keep an eye on between Canada. They're not nicely slots into the world there. Uh, before we get completely distracted though, the constructors and drivers standings for Formula 2, if you please, Timo. 
Yes, Vesti is leading the way in the F2 Drivers' Championship with 110 points to his name. Porsche not too far behind him in P2 on 99 points. And Iwasa just keeping touch as well on 82 points in third. In the Constructors' standings, however, Prima Racing are out in front with 180 points. ART Grand Prix with 144 in second. And Dams lagging behind a little bit in third with 118 points. Over in Formula 3, the Drivers' Championship, Bortoletto is still leading the way with 92 points. Pumati is up in second place with 68 points. And Dino Boganovic is in third place with the 61. Primo leading the way again in the Constructors' standings with 156 points by not as big a gap as they have in F2, as Trident is only five points behind them in second place. And Hitachi, that probably means high-tech, pulse eight with 117 points in third. So they're kind of doing a bit of a dams and just keeping an eye on it, and we'll, we'll capitalize on that if something comes. But if not, then third's not too bad either. Yeah, it's not too bad at constructor standings. So that pretty pretty neatly actually wraps up our feeder series content for this weekend. When are we back with F two? Is it Austria in a little while time? F two and F three, I think we're back in Austria for both yeah. of them again and because boom. they've got to slam it all in, which is a sprint weekend as well. So we're really going to be just all over the bloody place. Trying to remember what's next on the calendar. So obviously we've got we've got uh, Canada, Canada and then after we've that, got and then we go yeah straight into Austria. We we get a week off and then off to Austria. Then it's the British Grand Prix as well. So we have F two and F three at that as well. So plenty yes, of we F2 we've got F3. every aside from Canada, we're going to have F two and F three for every round until the summer break now. Excellent. Plenty of packed weekends still to come, which means more of us. Though, so if you want even more of us, Timo, where can the people find you? You can find me over on Is It Fast, the Nitro X podcast, Paddock Sorority, Instagram, and of course on the curves where, depending on when you list this in a few days' time, there will be a new episode out kind of previewing the Canadian Grand Prix and also looking a little bit back at what some of the racing drivers have been up to recently. So I've been talking to Women in Canada, which is one of their excellent programs over there to kind of encourage women in sport up through the ranks there a bit and kind of develop things a bit more over there. It's all very nice stuff indeed. Wonderful. Jesse, where can the people find you? You can find me all across the social medias, uh, Instagram and Twitter, mostly as at Jesse on Cars. And hopefully, I keep saying this every week, I will be rebooting the YouTube channel. I keep filming content for it and then have to go and film more content because another car's broken. So I haven't actually had a chance to edit anything together yet. But that's all still to come. And there'll be should be a new issue of Classic Car Weekly out where you can go and read my road test of a 1971 Chevrolet El Camino if you like a bit of American muscle. Or issue after that is the antics of me in a 1970s Fiat doing a rally across Oxfordshire. Some proper motorsport stuff there for your entertainment. So plenty to keep you entertained in the meantime. And we'll be back for the Canadian Grand Prix. <laughs>